and welcome to the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. There's nothing going on. It's the end of February. I just chipped ice off of my outside uh, front porch. And uh, I don't know. I did some sort of like salting and stuff like that just to try to get it walkable for the week ahead. But it's still pretty cold up here down in Bradenton. It's, it's quite nice. I mean, there's not a ton of news coming out of Bradenton. And, you know, you can't trust any news coming out of Bradenton. Um, from what... Uh, Alex Stumpf said in two, in 2020, um, there was a great energy coming out of um, Bradenton when they broke camp. And, uh, you know, the Pirates ended up having one of their worst seasons of all time. Granted, it was only 60 games, but it was bad. I mean, I think they were like 3-16 and 16 at one point or something like that. So, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, honestly, um, sometimes it's even difficult to watch spring training games, but we don't even get those this year. So I figured, you know, there's no news. I don't have any angles really, you know, at this point because we still have a little bit of time before the minor league season starts. So I was just going to give you my baseball story. I mean, everybody's got a baseball story. There's some reason you're listening to this podcast. And, you know, it's kind of hard for me to picture myself as a um, an older guy because it seems like I just graduated Slippery Rock like a few years ago, and I still keep in touch with those guys, and it was a blast. But, I mean, to be honest, it's, it was quite a while ago, 30 years, uh, 52 years old this year. Um, my first memories from baseball were actually, ironically, when the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Philadelphia Phillies were in the same division. I mean, I grew up as a um, Philadelphia Phillies fan. I really didn't have a choice because... Um, we were in the suburbs uh, of Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Uh, my grandmother was a big Phillies fan, and uh, my dad also followed them. I mean, he, he did like the Phillies, you know. Well, my grandmother was like one of those big, big fans, you know. Like, we would go over to her house with the swimming pool, and the Phillies would always be on because it would be the summer, and that's when we'd be swimming. So, I mean, I, I can remember, you know, being 9, 10 years old, um, coming in, from swimming and just, first of all, freezing my ass off in the, um, in the air conditioning, you know, because my grandparents, I mean, they weren't older at that point, I guess, but they were, you know, they, they liked to keep the house cool during these hot summers that you would get in Philadelphia. So, um, I would be, I mean, I remember my teeth chattering and having a, um, a blanket and, and a, uh, a towel, but, um, yeah, but, I mean, you would have guys like Mike Schmidt and Greg Lazinski. Schmidt is probably the guy that I remember the most um, because he was either booed or cheered, you know. And my grandmother always said, Schmidt's due. You know, like if he had struck out a bunch of times, he'd be due for a home run because he probably hit a home run on average every, like, nine or ten at-bats, you know. And then um, they were playing uh, guys like Willie Stargell. I remember him. Uh, Dave Parker was one of my favorite players. I mean, I had his baseball card. I really liked him. And then a couple of the pitchers that I can remember, just off the top of my head, were um, the uh, Phillies had um, a left-hander. Let's see. Lefty, Steve Carlton. And then uh, the only guy I can remember pitching for the Pirates was Kent Tocolvi. Because he was kind of a weird-looking dude, right? He had the glasses. He had that big, tall hat with the stripes. And those two teams were always playing each other. In fact, I think it was 1978 or 1979 when uh, the Phillies had like a three-game lead, but they had a four-game series against Pittsburgh to end the year. 
and they lost the first two games. So it was down to a one-game lead. And I think that, I mean, I think the Phillies only had to win one of those games, and I think they did win that third game. But I remember thinking, like, well, I knew that Pittsburgh was a really good team. I mean, this is the We Are Family team um, that won some championships, and uh, Phillies had not won any championships up until that point ever. Um, they got to the uh, – they won the pennant in 1915 and then they lost almost every year until 1950 when uh, um, Richie Ashburn, uh, who I named my son after. His middle name is Ashburn. Um, Richie Ashburn and the Wiz Kids um, went and took the Phillies to a pennant. Uh, they ended up losing that year as they did in 1915. Uh, after that, they didn't win at all until 1964. Uh, 1964 is best known as the collapse. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies were ahead by like eight games with a dozen games to play, and they lost. I think it was either St. Louis or Cincinnati that ended up taking the division. It was probably the the big red machine, which again, it's probably, you know, you guys are probably a little young for that, but uh, the big red machine was led by Joe Morgan. Um, they had a young Keith Hernandez, I think, on that team, and they had Ozzie Smith, I think, on that team. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe he was on the Cardinals. Uh, I know the Cardinals had a, a great um, uh, stolen base guy, um, but I think Ozzie Smith was known more for his defense, and the stolen base guy they had, um, you know, his name is escaping me, but he had like 60, 70 stolen bases one year, something that you don't really see in today's baseball. Um, so, you know, long story short, uh, the Phillies signed um, Pete Rose. Uh, they won a World Series championship in 1980 um, to go along with a couple of Pittsburgh championships in like, I'm going to say like maybe 77 and 79. I think the Pirates might have had two. Um, now, after that, um, the Phillies really didn't do much again for quite a while. Uh, I had um, Philly season tickets in... 98, 99, 2000, 2001. What's interesting about that is they were exactly like the Pittsburgh Pirates are now and in the past. Nobody went to the games. Um, they had the lowest payroll. They had a really bad team. I mean, they had a little bit more stability than some of these teams do now. But the Phillies did exactly what um, – and the Phillies and Pirates are pretty much the same. I mean um, – going back into history, up until like recent history. Uh, they both had stadiums that were those donut-type stadiums. Um, Pittsburgh's was called Three Rivers Stadium, and the Phillies was called The Vet. Uh, neither of those stadiums were known for being very um, player-friendly. Um, they, they had AstroTurf. Um, they were very hard under the AstroTurf, uh, almost like a concrete under the AstroTurf. Uh, it was bad, you know, so players would hate to dive on that um, on that surface. But uh, anyway, I had tickets when those games were when the team was terrible, you know, and we got pretty good. It was like 16 bucks a game behind home plate, but on the upper deck, which was a great view. If you've ever been to Three Rivers Stadium, like behind home plate. Um, it was a good view. You know, you could get foul balls. You got a good view. And one thing I liked about um, Three Rivers and the Vet is you could walk around the entire stadium um, without going up or down the stairs. And that's something you can't do now in their current stadiums. 
Now, um, I used to do that a lot. I was a big baseball fan, and I would do it as like a rallying thing. Plus, I had nervous energy, and I didn't want to sit there the whole game. So when I had season tickets um, with my wife at that point, girlfriend and then wife um, at that point, uh, I would just get up and walk around because you could watch the game and you could walk all the way around the donut. Um, and, you know, I used to do it when like maybe a, a hitter was coming up that I would hope would start a rally. Um, and then I would take that walk around the donut. And maybe some of you guys uh, old enough to go to Three River Stadium remember taking that walk, you know. But it's amazing how similar the teams were up until that point, you know, how they were both great at the same time in the late 90s. Uh, they both had guys come up, as I mentioned, the late 90s. Um, the Phillies got a little luckier. Um, after that, uh, I got a job in Chicago, um, but I kept my season tickets, but I wasn't around for some of the, the seasons where they were getting good. You know, I was in Chicago. So, um, they had four guys off the top of my head that were draft picks that panned out. And this is something that the Pittsburgh Pirates are hoping to do. Um, now, um, this was right after the Phillies got a new stadium. In fact, I mean, Jimmy Rollins came up in, 2003. And in 2004, um, the Phillies and the Pirates got their new stadiums. So um, uh, in 2003, uh, actually before the season of 2004, the Phillies signed Jim Tomey. And it's a funny signing because it got people to come to the games, but he didn't last very long in Philadelphia because one of their draft picks, a fifth round draft pick um, by the name of, um, shoot, man, I don't have anything in front of me. I'm just doing this off of memory, and you know how bad I am with names. Oh, their first baseman was Ryan Howard, you know? And one thing I really respect about the Phillies um, general manager at that point is he would honestly tell you everything that's going on. It's not like today's general managers. So he was asked um, when uh, Ryan Howard had hit 50 home runs in the minor leagues the year before. He said, do you think it's a good idea that Jim Tomey and Ryan Howard are both on the same team. And he said, uh, probably not. You know, so you knew something was going to happen, you know. So the Phillies traded Jim Tomey. They didn't get a lot for him. He was older. But he did generate some excitement while he was there. So you have um, Jimmy Rollins. You have Ryan Howard. And then you had a second baseman who was just the energy of the team. Well, Jimmy Rollins was the energy of the team. This guy was the work ethic of the team. And his name was Chase Utley. Um, and this guy was a lot like a second baseman that's coming up with um, Pittsburgh right now. He was a lot like Nick Gonzalez, quick hands, worked really hard at his um, at his game and a very competitive guy. You know, Jimmy Rollins was just a fun guy. You know, he was a lot more like Kutch, always smiling, always laughing, always dancing around. You know, he was the one that was, um, you know, having fun in the clubhouse Um and whatnot, you know. So Rollins and Utley were an unusual pair because Utley was all business, you know, never smiled, just went about, about his business. And Rollins was always just goofing around, you know. I mean, I remember there was one point in 2007 when they both had like 25 to 30 game hitting streaks. And I think they went from like um, the end of one year to the beginning of another year. Um, then they had a, a pitcher named Cole Hamels that came up. I believe they drafted him out of college, uh, a lefty out of college. He was from California. And then they got a guy named Shane Victorino in the Rule 5 draft, which was just like a really lucky pick in the Rule 5 draft. 
something again that um, the Pirates are hoping for. I mean, I don't, I don't have anybody to compare um, with Cole Hamels because he's a big lefty. Um, but I guess if you if you ignored the lefty thing, I mean, I guess you could compare him to um, Roanzi Contreras with you know just a big tall guy that has command on the mound. Um, he doesn't really remind me of any of the other pitchers that they have coming up that might be real good, like Quinn Priester or Michael Burrows or even, you know, Majinski or um, the other guys are obviously further down the road. So they had all these guys come up, and I believe they also drafted a catcher um, named Carlos Ruiz, if you want to look him up as well. Pretty good stats. Um, He was defensively a lot like Jacob Stallings, um, but offensively, um, he was a lot like um, Henry Davis, you know, who's expected to come up with the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, or he was also a lot like um, uh, the other guy, you know, that is in, um, it's going to be in Greensboro this year. Um, but either way, Andy Rodriguez, but either way, um, you know, they had a catcher coming up. The Pirates had a catch, have a catcher coming up. They had a second baseman. The Pirates had a second baseman. And I don't know that... Um, that O'Neill Cruz will be Jimmy Rollins because Jimmy Rollins won an MVP. But one thing they did have in common is they had speed um, and athleticism. Um, so, you know, you could compare that. Um, in the outfield, you could compare Shane Victorino to um, to Brian Reynolds. Now, I'm not sure if they're going to keep Brian Reynolds for this run. I mean, it seems increasingly, and I'm not trying to be negative, it just seems increasingly less likely um, that he's in the plans for this run. Uh, it seems like they would rather trade him at max value and have other outfielders come up. Maybe the other outfielder that comes up could be a guy like Matthew Frazier, you know? I mean, I'm not discounting anything that Matt Frazier did um, last year in, uh, you know, in high A, just just with the fact that um, he won an MVP because he did everything. He hit singles, doubles, Um, He hit some home runs. You know, he played good defense. He was an MVP for a team that made it to the finals in the playoffs. So anyway, um, I went to uh, game five with my dad um, for the World Series. I mean, this is obviously the highlight of my baseball, um, you know, just my baseball life. Um, I went to game five. it rained, right? It's a funny story, right? It rained and then it snowed because um, I had to go back up to the Poconos where I was living at the time to make sure to make sure my house was okay, and it wasn't okay. And because I was self-employed and working out of my house at the time, I never got to go to the second half of Game Five when the Phillies actually won the World Series. Believe it or not, I mean, I was exhausted from watching all the playoffs. Um, I had to be there when Penn Dot came to fix my electricity because I had a lot of deals going on and I gave the ticket to my sister. So my sister, my dad, and my brother were there. Uh, My brother is a guy that also got me a little more into baseball because he covered baseball. Um, He covered baseball for the Trenton Thunder. He covered high school baseball. He covered college baseball. Um, He covered high school football, Um, but he loved covering baseball. In fact, when the Phillies were in the World Series, there were so many angles um, of stories because the Phillies rarely make it to the World Series that he actually got sent down to spring train, not spring training, I'm sorry. He got sent down to um, to Florida just to kind of report on the Phillies. Um, 
And then they sent him down to spring training the following year. So um, he kind of got to to, uh, follow a little bit of the World Series and then went to spring training the following year. Um, You know, the sad part of the story is my brother, uh, we lost him to bipolar. Uh, But when he was alive, he taught me a lot about some of the things that I talk shit about, you know, just like things that really matter in minor league baseball. As far as, you know, there's a lot of guys that get a lot of hype but they just need one more thing to their game and they never get it, you know? You might be you might not have an accurate throwing arm or you might not be able to lay off a breaking ball or a high fastball. Or you might be a pitcher um, that throws really hard, but you just can't throw strikes. I mean, there's so many of those guys in double and triple A. And, you know, what he told me is just, I mean, he just kind of taught me that, you know, very few guys make major leagues, you know? I mean, when I was watching a baseball game with him, when Cole Hamels was pitching in the World Series, um, and this was one of the other games. It was the playoffs or the World Series, but we were at the game. You know, he was just saying, like, Cole Hamels is on. You know, he's seen it before. I mean, he is a um, – he was a baseball writer. You know, he liked to use words like tremendous, you know, that baseball writers write. Especially, like, that's that's like a New York-Philadelphia thing. They love to use use the word tremendous. So – is what it is. I mean, he covered a lot of great players for the Trenton Thunder that went on to Boston. Um, And, you know, his son got to go to the games and collect balls and whatnot and stuff like that. Um, Baseball was always a big part of my life because it's something that my dad and I could talk about. I mean, when I was in high school and college, you know, my dad and I didn't have much to talk about. I mean, I guess we had some sort of mutual respect for each other. But, I mean, I was in high school doing my own thing. You know, I was a total nerd in high school. I mean, I had my friend group, but it's not like I was popular by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I had a lot of anxiety that carried over from, like, I guess it kicked in, like, around fifth and sixth grade and continued through, like, junior high and high school. So that anxiety just led me to want to keep to myself. But one thing I always did is I always watched baseball. I was a big Mets fan in 84, 85, 86, and that's when guys like Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden were coming up. Um, so I've always liked prospects, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, having gone to Slippery Rock and having seen a lot of games at um, Three Rivers Stadium. But not only that, having been a big fan of the Pirates in 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. Um, you know, because I got Root Sports um, with my cable uh, subscription in, uh, you know, in um, Scranton. And I just preferred the Pirates to the Phillies at that point. I mean, the Phillies had already won a World Series. They were spending a lot of money now. It just wasn't really my type of team where the Pirates, uh, I had a couple buddies that were Pirates fans and actually a lot of good friends that were Pirates fans um, because I went to a couple um Slippery Rock reunions. I went to a fraternity thing uh, and met with some of my fraternity brothers. And uh, a lot of those guys were Pirates fans. And at the time, you know, the Pirates were just coming around, man. It was like 2012, right? And I believe in 2011 and 2012, the Pirates had good half seasons. Like either they finished strong or they started strong, but they didn't quite put it together, I don't believe, until 2012. But I liked some of the guys. I mean, even some of the guys that weren't that popular. Um, I'll tell you who some of my favorite guys were from those teams. Um, in 2010, which, and I, I was going to games as well, but in 2010, um, some of the guys that I liked were Garrett Jones. Um, he's a guy that could pop you a home run. 
I mean, they actually gave Garrett Jones a full season, and he he um, somewhat answered the call. 34 doubles, 21 home runs, 86 RBIs. I mean, he did strike out 123 times, um, but and his ops was only 720 for a first baseman. But you know what? He did have a lot of big hits. I remember I went to the home opener one year, and he hit two home runs in the home opener. Um, I liked Ryan Domit. I really liked Neil Walker. Um, and Pedro Alvarez was a big draft pick, so I liked him. Um, I like I loved Andrew McCutcheon. You know, I even liked guys like Tabata and Lastings Millage. And on the pitching side, I mean, they didn't have that many good pitchers. Um, but I liked Jeff Carstens. I liked Paul Mahalam. I liked Charlie Morton, Morton. Guys like that, right? That was 2010. And I thought that was a pretty entertaining Pirates team. And then in 2012, they had a couple new guys come up. Um, Rod Barajas had a pretty decent year catching. He also played a little bit with the Phillies during that time. Uh, Neil Walker was getting really good. In fact, um, you know, I think he got some accolades that year uh, for having an ops in like 770, batting 280, um, hitting a bunch of doubles, a bunch of home runs. Like Neil Walker was considered a pretty big part of that team. Uh, it was one of Pedro Alvarez's decent years. And then you also had guys like guys that some people like, like Alex Presley. I mean, not a great player, not even a good player, you know, probably not much better than Casey McGee, but still a player, right? And at that time, a guy named Starling Marte was coming up, who um, was supposed to be a pretty decent player. So the 2012 Pittsburgh Pirates were a lot of fun. And then if you fast forward a couple years from there to the 2014 Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, let me just pull that up. Just bear with me for a second. Um, and by the way, these guys had really good um, relief pitching, and that's really what kept them in these games. Um, the, the Pirates did try to add some guys like Ike Davis. They didn't really add any big, you know, big-name free agents, at least on the hitting end. But at that time, Marte and Polanco were coming up. And um, McCutcheon was still, um, you know, really in his prime, really kicking ass. I mean, in 2014, McCutcheon had 25 bombs, 38 doubles, and hit a 952 ops. And that is something that is going to get you some MVP consideration. And maybe he did win the MVP that year. I mean, I know there was a couple years he was in, in the running for it, and I think he might have won it one year. Um, on the pitching end, uh, they they had guys like um, Justin Wilson, Mark Melanson, uh, Francisco Liriano was doing pretty good for them that year. Um, Anderson Volquez had a really good year, um, guy that you don't think about much anymore, but he was really, really good. In fact, he was probably their ace. I mean, he had a better ERA than Garrett Cole that year, um, but Garrett Cole was a young guy that was coming up. Charlie Morton was really coming into his own. Jeff Locke had a good year. Even Vance Worley did pretty decent. Mark Melanson had a good year. Actually, let me put it this way. Mark Melanson, Tony Watson, and Jared Hughes were absolutely lights out. I mean, those guys had ERAs under two. You know, and Justin Wilson, he wasn't that good that year. He, um, you know, he threw hard, but he gave up a lot of runs that year. But Melanson, Watson, and Jared Hughes... Those guys, I mean, this was a good team, right, in 2014. And we know what happened after 2014. I mean, things kind of fizzled out. 
And, you know, I didn't probably didn't watch as much baseball for a few years until I got into it and decided to put this podcast together. But I don't know if you guys have similar baseball stories, but growing up, you know, my parents used to take me to the games. My grandmother got me into baseball and guys like um, Willie Stargell, Dave Parker, Mike Schmidt, Greg Lazinski, Larry Boa, Kent Tocolvi, and um, lefty Steve Carlton were guys that really hooked me on the game. So, uh, you know, I'm interested in your, in your stories as well, you know, if you ever want to leave me a DM or whatnot. But uh, I don't, like I said, I don't have any angles. I don't think baseball is going to happen for quite a while, but just wanted to share my story with you guys. Love you guys. Have a good week. Peace out.